I, I do believe loyalty is harder to come by than ever just because people have so many options, but this is a great way to really, really cement that as much as you can. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's, you go, you're adding value in that moment, right? Like yep. I, I, one of the things I always say is to go to your clients when you're not asking them for money. up i fell out of bed dragged a comb across my head found my way downstairs and drank a cup and looking up i noticed i was late to broadcast episode number 105 of the promo front podcast i am one of your hosts bill petrie with me as always the master of marketing the staff sergeant of shark week himself the one and only kirby hossaman kirby how the hell are you today I'm doing well. I didn't, I didn't realize it was shark week. So that's brand new information for me. So if I'm the staff sergeant of it, I really kind of dropping the ball there, but uh, no, doing they well. Are. I'm in the uh, dog days of summer. I love that and uh, enjoy doing all the stuff that is outside. So I'm, I'm doing pretty well. How about you, bud? Doing okay. It's been a, been an interesting week here. It's just, you know, one of those weeks where every little thing that could go wrong has. Um, so it's been, it's been an up and down week, but that's okay. It's a short week. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. But I, I gotta tell you, you know, you just mentioned summer and one of the amazing things about summer is everybody wears something that's vibrant when they're outside, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's bright and colorful and those colorful clothes that make, make people happy. Um, you know, and Kirby, we've talked about this before that color is truly an amazing form of expression, which is why the truly Fabulous folks over at Blue Generation offer such a dynamic array of colors in every palette for every occasion. Kirby, it's not just green. They got Kelly green, hunter green, cactus, sage. Not just blue, they got royal blue, French blue, navy, and aqua. They not just red, Kirby, they got burgundy, sangria, berry. Not just orange, they got burnt orange. Horns down on that, but that's okay. There's people who do like the burnt orange. Salmon, safety orange. They've got, uh, it's not just yellow, it's maize and optic yellow. And I could go on and on, but essentially Blue Generation truly has just about every color of the rainbow, which is something other companies in the uh, promotional products industry simply simply don't offer all those colorful hues and variations. Yeah, and I think that, you know, our clients not only need, but demand to have those color options so that they can, um, you know, for different events and for their different logo combinations, it just gives you a ton of flexibility when you're building a campaign for one of your clients. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't have said it any better myself, Kirby. When it comes to fashion forward apparel with a color that absolutely pops, and I mean pops, look no further than Blue Generation. And even more, since they don't manufacture in China, Blue Generation isn't nearly as impacted by many of the unstable supply issues that are impacting our industry. So see all, to see all of those retail-inspired garments with a fit that flatters, visit bluegeneration.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. All right, Kirby, this is the Promo Upfront podcast. You have the Upfront section today. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off on our journey. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, most of the time people come to us for the light and airy topics of the industry and we kind of joke around, but um, you had mentioned that, you know, it was a, it's been a rough week. And, and so I wanted to at least address, you know, we, we joke about our uh, couple listeners, but one of our um, 
more dedicated listeners, Brian Jolin passed away this week. And um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, talk a little bit about it. And certainly I, I I have some thoughts about it and um, you know, it's just a bummer. So Brian was a great guy and, and uh, I know you were good friends with him. It is. Yeah. You know, Brian and I, you know, he, first time you and I met Brian was together. Mm-hmm. Um, he met us at a PPAI expo when you and I did salt and pepper live. I think mm-hmm. it might've been the one where uh, Danny Rosen made me chug down salt and you down pepper or vice versa. I can't remember which, but <clears throat> I remember him coming up to us and he always referenced that he really enjoyed the way we would banter uh, on stage and then in the podcast. And so from there, we were friends. I know you were friends with him as well. And, you know, he was a really kind and giving person, but he was also, and I say this in the most loving way. And I think Brian would love me this description of him. He was a crusty old goat, right? <laughs> he had specific beliefs and he was resolute in them. And he wasn't sh- uh, shy about being firm in that. He was passionate about DEI, a uh, very huge mentor in the Promo Kitchen ecosystem. He was, he was very active there. And as a sous chef, um, he, he just, he was, like I said, he was hard headed, but I always respected that about him. He and mm-hmm. I absolutely had conversations where he and I flat out disagreed. Sure. And it was okay because at the end we would always still be friends. And so I'm going to miss Brian. He and I um, uh, texted uh, Friday night, Saturday night. I, I did know he, I knew he was in hospice, um, was working to see if I could find a way to get down to see him. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. But we spent a couple hours uh, chatting a Friday night and a couple hours Saturday night, just about things. And what I can tell you is that he was very much at peace. And, and I think that's something that's not, uh, not, not, we can't, we can't all say that at our mm. time of, of right. leaving this rock that we are at peace. He was very much at peace. So um, what I'll remember about Brian is his smile, his, his huge heart, his big old beard. Um, and the fact that he was very passionate about things he believed in, including and incorrectly candy corn. I will never look at another piece <laughs> of candy corn and I haven't for years without thinking about Brian Jolin. So today I thought I'd get out a shirt. He sent me his uh, Jolin promo shirt. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a brief text message conversation with his, his, uh, his, his wife yesterday and, just thinking about them and wishing them the best. And I know it was, it was a uh, impactful day for everybody in the promotional product industry as well as you Kirby. Yeah. I was trying to think of a way to, um, cause I knew y- you would speak eloquently about him. Um, it, one of the things as I was thinking about this this morning is it reminds me of, uh, seven habits of highly effective people. The second habit is to begin with the end in mind. And in the book, uh, it starts with, uh, you know, it's the chapter starts with imagine what people will say at your funeral. And right. I think that the lesson, you know, in my mind was that if we can all be as authentically ourselves as Brian was, yeah. I think we will have lived a, a pretty solid and uh, happy life. And so uh, to me, that's sort of the lesson I take away from this today. And so uh, cheers. Yeah. The one thing I think Kirby and I would tell everybody, and that was, I love what you just said there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think that's very poignant and very accurate. I think we'd be remiss and we'd be doing Brian's memory a disservice if we didn't say, get your damn colonoscopy. <laughs> um, he, he had stage four colon cancer and lived a couple of years with it. And it was a lot of ups and downs. And he always faced that battle with grace, with dignity, 
with positivity and with humor. And that's not an easy thing to do. So Godspeed, Brian Jolin. We will miss you. We will think of you often. And uh, the world is a lesser place because you are no longer here. All right, Kirby. So a little little tough transition here, but we're going to amp up our podcast with our second topic. And it's brought to you, as always, by our pals over Promo Pulse. Uh, we are halfway through the year, Kirby. We are halfway mm. through the year. We are in July. Then uh, there's no time like the present to to consistently amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing from our pals over Promo Pulse. It's perfect if you're not doing any sort of marketing. So head over to promopulse.io slash amp, and you can learn how to set your marketing and forget it in only five minutes. So Kirby, I was looking at topics this week, and here's one I really thought would be interesting. Um, we're in, you know, we all, we've heard a lot of talk about inflation. There's a ton of talk about inflation. First time you I thought, <laughs> and I thought, are we working with our clients well enough to help them steer through, steer their brand through inflation? So I kind of wrote a few things down and I'd love to get your opinion. Of course, this is the advantage I have. It was a topic mm. I came up with and kind of sure. wrote down. So I thought, you know, more than anything, and I think we all know this, marketing in a recession, if we're heading that way, is always one of the first things to be cut. And we all know inherently that's the wrong thing to do. So right. I think we can start with that. But I think it's time to be more efficient with your marketing and something to advise your clients on. So as I was coming up with this topic, I was thinking, how can we help our listeners help their clients steer through this? So number one, focus on hyper-targeting. Mm. So one of the things we sometimes do in marketing is we try to, let's try to appeal to everybody. Let's try right. to get as many more clients in. I think now's the time though, to focus your budget on the 20 to 30% of people who are actively looking for what you sell. Right. If you're looking for the people who, you know, are buying promotional products, focus on them. I would, so I, a way I focus this is don't focus on brand awareness right now. Mm-hmm. Focus on brand preference, people who are already buying what you're selling in promotional products. Mm-hmm. and convert them that's number one do you want to go do you have one any thoughts or want me to just keep rolling here uh no I, I, the only thing i would say is i i agree 100 percent. is that this yeah. is the time to be more targeted yeah 100 uh spend judiciously but don't cut your marketing budget so mm-hmm. you know you don't want to have that self-fulfilling prophecy of failure but at the same time don't pump more into marketing you you should be, be more targeted strategic about it Cutting the budget isn't going to do anything, but it's going to be a short-term fix. We're going to have a long-term problem when we eventually come out of this inflationary period or the recession, if that's where we're headed. And then last one is make sure that they always have a call to action by answering why. Why? What, what is the benefit your client will have by using you over everybody else who is essentially selling the very same products? And by focusing on those three things, I think you can really help the client really hone in their messaging so that they can weather this storm that it feels like we're heading into right now. Yeah. And I think um, the the thing I would say is when you talked about being more targeted, when you talk about maintaining your marketing budget, when you are being more targeted, that helps. That means that you're spending essentially more on fewer. And so that's where you can be more efficient. And I think that makes sense. A couple other thoughts that I would go with that is is, uh, number one, Focus on your current clients. Um, yep. You know, step one in maintaining your business is make sure you keep the people who are already buying from you buying from you, um, and try to grow that business. I think that's something that we do pretty well here, um, but it's something that I think most organizations could do better. And then the 
other thing that popped into my head is focus on owned media. You know, mm -hmm. I think we, That's we right. are always looking to, you know, run a new Facebook ad, run a new, mm -hmm. you know, especially, and I'm thinking end users now, you know, they're going to do mm -hmm. a new radio spot or they're going to new new TV. It's like, now is a great time to get control of, you know, your subscriptions. Distribution. People, yeah. The, the people who are, are kind of in your email or text lists. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are, yeah. and, you know, obviously using branded merch to do that is pretty powerful. Yeah. And, and I love what you said about current clients. To me, in my mind, that was part of that 20 or 30%, you know, they're buying. So yes. focus on that too. So I, I love that. So I think, again, we've talked about in the past that, especially when there's been supply chain issues, other things, there's ways to engage your client that don't feel salesy. Mm, right? Totally. And this is one of them because we are all in our own little ecosystems and our own little business facing the same inflationary pressures everybody else is and the same concerns. Are we heading toward a recession? And we're all mentally doing mathematic uh, gymnastics right. uh, to see, you know, where do we, where can we save a little bit of money? Where do we need to spend? So your clients going through that, what better way to really glue yourself as not just the guy who can get cups and t-shirts and calendars with logos on them, what better way to cement yourself as someone who's really looking out for their business? I, I do believe loyalty is harder to come by than ever just because people have so many options, but this is a great way to really, really cement that as much as you can. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's, you go, you're adding value in that moment, right? Like yep. a, a, one of the things I always say is to go to your clients when you're not asking them for money. Exactly. Right? And, and uh, exactly. this is one of those moments where you're like, Hey, you know, at some point uh, I'm going to want you to buy from me, but right now this is, these are some tips that we're seeing in the, mm -hmm. in the world that the best businesses are doing to not only yeah. kind of manage. And I think that's what it is, is it's not just about managing the recession. It's about yeah. thriving during the reception. It's, or or, yeah. or any economic downturn that you can come out of it stronger than before. And I think that's the goal of anybody. As always, it's going on offense like this, as opposed to going on defense and just praying that you don't get an email saying we're not buying that this year. Right, right, exactly. All right, Kirby, you got a topic for us? Yeah, so this is, a, um, I saw a story last week uh, that I just didn't get to bring up, but it was, uh, okay. I don't know if you saw it, but a, um, a Burger King employee who- okay. Yes, had, I did had never missed a day of work in 27 mm -hmm. years. Yep. Uh, he showed up mm -hmm. and I think that the, you know, and, and the management team didn't realize it was his 27th anniversary and didn't realize that he'd never missed a day in 27 years. So they, they right. got together, they were like, oh, okay, we got to get something. And so they threw together a backpack, a movie ticket and a Starbucks cup as a gift. Yep, yep. And uh, that was the entire- uh, Yeah thank you gift. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I assume you saw this, but they, uh, I think it was his daughter created a um, GoFundMe, GoFundMe or yeah, yeah, something like that. And they raised over $300,000 for this yeah. guy um, who didn't get appreciation done yeah. properly. And I, A, I thought it was a cool story, but B, yeah. it, it goes to show you that yes, appreciation is incredibly valuable, mm -hmm. but man, it has to be you know, appropriate with the level of work yeah. that goes with it. I mean, just giving somebody a, a movie ticket and a, a clear bag just doesn't yeah. quite cut it for a, a certain level of service. My first thought when I saw the story, a couple of things, but the very first thing is, why didn't they recognize that at 25 years, which seems a lot more natural than 27? So first of all, they missed the boat two years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. right. 
and then it looked like when I saw his his very sad looking, it looked like a bag yeah. someone would put a newspaper in, like <laughs> that clear long tubular bag. And it looked like everybody's like, hey, what do you got in your purse? What do you got? Yeah. What do you got? What do you oh, got? That's, that's exactly what it really what felt it was. like. Yeah, that's exactly and what it was. He handled it with humor and grace. Yep. Um, and which I think is and, one of the reasons people felt compelled to give, right? Like he was cool about it. Absolutely. It goes to show when that when management is asleep at the wheel, mm-hmm. yeah, they're really communicating that I don't care about you. Yeah. I mean, the fact that a fast food, excuse me quick service employee shows up 27 days in a row that's yeah. something to celebrate yeah 27 right. years without missing a day and all i got you know i want someone to print up a t-shirt with a graphic of that bag i'm i didn't miss one day in 27 years and all i got was this crappy bag of crap yeah um that that just unconscionable and i saw like david spade uh yeah. put in five grand and so no when you have it's important to employees to feel recognized and valued what what a way to tell your employee you're not valued at all yeah like seriously we don't care yeah well and again i think it also goes to show if we're talking about what we do for a living the branded merchandise yep. side you know i yep. talk a lot about the appreciation gap is that i think yep. most most uh leadership teams think they show appreciation and most Correct. employees don't feel appreciated mm-hmm. so there's a gap Correct. right and i think that you know when you're doing something like that it has to be commiserate with the level of yep. accomplishment it, yep. it can't just be well hey here's a pack of gum so it's uh now, it's a challenge unfortunately you know just as the world's changing and, and people want to work more in a hybrid model or at home you know management's gonna have to rethink the strategy of we appreciate our employees because we bring them pizza once a month on fridays right. that is also a lot of times what management feels like we're, we have a great culture are you kidding yeah. me we have donuts once a week and pizzas every other friday yeah that doesn't cut it folks doesn't cut it Good topic. <clears throat> All right, Kirby. Red Cross, the American Red Cross, uh, give is giving out Shark Week merchandise to donors in July. So okay. I didn't want to I didn't want to correct you in the beginning of the podcast. I don't think Shark Week is actually until August. I, but, I have no clue, but but in partnership with Discovery channel who puts on shark week which is a kind of a big thing uh the american red cross is is partnered with them to encourage people to give blood throughout july okay and what i love everybody who donates between july 21st and july 24th is going to get a shark week t-shirt but they also get entered to win a cruiser bike a smokeless fire pit a branded paddleboard kayak all sorts of branded merchandise and i really wanted to bring this up because Once again, it shows the power of good that branded merchandise can sure. do. And we don't see enough of these type of collaborations where it's um, not necessarily bribery, but we need you to do good. But we also need you to know you want something in return. So let's do a little bit of an exchange here. And I thought it was really, really well done. And, and I know, I think you agree. I'd like to see more co-branding like this in the world. I think, yes. I mean, obviously it's what we do. So you expect me to agree, but I would also say that, okay, so A, there's an incentive to it, right? So that's yeah. good. Um, yeah. B, done right, an incentive then raises more than what the Correct. nonprofit is spending. But I think the third key is that it it adds a, and it's also the hardest part to manage or to, mm-hmm. to measure, but it also adds a level of longevity to the message. Um, because yeah. I remember the good thing that I did 
And right. I, I, ha- I have a good feeling about that, which means mm-hmm. I'm probably more likely to do it again because I'm wearing the t-shirt that says that right. I identify as the tribe who donates blood. Um, right. And that's hard to measure and quantify, yeah. but I think it's a big piece of the value of it. Well, and especially if you make sure that you're picking quality merchandise, right? right. Not, not, not what yes. Danny Rosen would call brand fill. It's got good branding on it, or maybe it's subtle branding. Maybe it's big, bold branding, but whatever works for your audience. And that's something you need to figure out. I, I had the pleasure earlier in my career of working very closely with the American Heart Association and the American Diabetes Association on their donation driver programs. Um, because I mean, they're, they're, not-for-profit donation-driven agency, and they're usually looking for money. Now, Red Cross, they want they want blood, a little, little bit different. But I will tell you the way those two organizations really understood the value of promotional merchandise in terms of incentivizing people to raise money on their behalf was inspiring as all get out. And so any of you out there who have any smaller not-for-profits, not, you know, the big national ones are great, can take a long time to crack, but smaller ones, you can get creative and do things like this totally. and really create almost your own case history of why what you do matters. Because something like this will, I guarantee you, result in more blood donations, which we're always in need of in this country. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's, it is the, it's showing the superpower of branded merch and that's what Absolutely. I love. Do you, do you have another topic? Do you have a quick one you want to go? With? I have, yeah, I have one more here. Um, okay, which I, I actually it. been wanting to bring this up for the last couple of weeks. I thought you, you will get a kick out of this. So, um, like, I need to brace for impact. No, I, I, I actually think you'll like it. So, uh, okay. Mastercard did an mm-hmm. announcement. I read this, it, it saw this in June twenty second. So it's been you know a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Mastercard launches its first ever music album called Priceless. They've uh, partnered Mm -hmm. with a first ever music album at the Cannes Lions Festival of Creativity. The album available first on Spotify and then other streaming platforms features 10 songs by 10 artists Mm -hmm. from around the globe. And Mm -hmm. each song incorporates the recognizable melody of MasterCard's brand sound. So uh, Timbaland and and other folks have um, developed this album that then promotes MasterCard. So I thought it was interesting and creative and I wanted to get your, so and, and, uh, do, I don't understand how you're going to quantify it. Uh, how, what does success look like? That's all. I, I haven't dug deep enough, yeah. but I thought <clears throat> when we are all aspiring to be content com- companies, yeah. media companies, like we've talked about, this mm-hmm. was something I thought that I'd not heard of and I thought was interesting. And I wanted your take. Yeah, I'd be real interested in what the goals are, what the metrics are that they're looking for. Right. You know, the 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 uh, old man in me wants to kind of go, what are you doing and all that? I, but I'm not. I actually like the idea quite a bit. And I think it's really interesting. Uh, are they all known artists on this album or are they all unknown artists or is it some sort of hodgepodge? I think it's a hodgepodge based on what I'm saying. So like I said, they've, they've mentioned uh, Timbaland a bunch. Uh, the full album featured tracks by up and coming artists, including Michael okay. Rice, Shiraz, Good Harvest, On the Lake. So I, okay. they're not artists that I know, but. So that I like better. I like the fact that it's up and coming artists. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's a noisy world, right? I mean, the, yeah. the playing field for, entering the music industry is a lot easier than it was a million years ago. And it's a lot harder to make money. Right. And so I think, you know, you want to kind of shift your brand into something that might be viewed as something cutting edge, mm. something cool. 
I think doing this and trying to find artists um, that are unknown is cool. I really like to figure out and listen to how they work in the brand yeah. sound of MasterCard because I can't, I can't, I can't hear it in my head. Right. I couldn't tell you it. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, a, a low and brow commercial, which I can hear. Here's yeah. to good friends. You know, it's, good. You know I, it's not something like that, but uh, I'd be very interested in that. So I think art is subjective. And I'm right. sure there's a lot of people who are thinking all these artists have completely sold out and compromised themselves by part of this MasterCard. I think it's silly. I think it's great. Yeah. It's, a, it's another vehicle for you to get your art out there. And that's always a good thing. So I'd like I said, I'd like to understand the metrics of it, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. I, again, I think that this is one of those things where um, people have to try totally out there things to, to, yeah. to see what works. And I, I, yep. the other thing I would say is I, I'm fascinated by MasterCard, which is a big company trying something yeah. out there like that. So I always yeah. applaud a lot of bigger companies are unwilling to try crazy stuff. So I love the idea that they're experimenting in this way. I just, I'll, I always look at Visa and MasterCard as very interesting companies. I don't even think of them as companies. I think mm. of the issuing bank as the company. Mm, so right. I don't ever say, I prefer MasterCard over Visa. I say, I prefer my Capital One card over my Citibank card, right? Mm. So I, I think it's a very interesting branding thing that they, okay, we, we want our name to get out there now, mm. not our bank partners. We want it to be MasterCard. So I think that's interesting yeah. as well. Good top, Good topic, Kirby. But you know what? Oh. I, I'm finding something else interesting, Kirby. What's that, Bill? It's summer! <laughs> and man, it is hot and humid out here, but that's why everybody's wearing all these bright colors. Yes. And not just the blues and the greens and the reds. It's Kelly greens. It's French blue. It's aqua. It's burgundy. It's it's salmon. It's, it's maize. All these wonderful colors. And there's no better partner in the promotional products industry when it comes to apparel if you're looking for an entire rainbow of colors. Because I'll tell you what, Blue Generations got them. They got them. Mm -hmm. And because they don't manufacture in China, they are not nearly as impacted by the up and down supply chain issues that the rest of the industry is. So you're looking to help your client find some color, uh, apparel color that pops. Really look no further than our good friends over at Blue Generation. So head over to bluegeneration.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, as always, I enjoyed podcasting with you and uh, we'll talk to you next week.